Hi, welcome to Tower Pod from St Mary's Marston Mortain in Lindington. A weekly gospel message with a thoughtful sermon. Enjoy. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler, who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there, ahead of them, went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, They were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Now let's face it, there are things that people find difficult to believe about the story of the three wise men. Let's face it. One wise man is believable, maybe two, but three, three wise men. Well, let me set your mind at rest. If you look at it, the story doesn't say that there are three wise men. I hope that brings you peace. It just says Magi came from the east. But if you like to think there are three, you can infer it from the report that they gave three gifts to Jesus, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Things come in threes sometimes, don't they? I wonder if there were three invitations to acknowledge Jesus going on in this story. The shepherds had an invitation from angels and they chose to go and see Jesus and praise God. Invitation number one, perhaps. The Magi were invited by a star and they chose to go and give royal gifts. Invitation number two, maybe. I first thought that Herod wasn't chosen to attend the arrival of the new high king. I thought God had bypassed him. 
when I was talking to Ronnie about it, she reminded me that actually he did have an invitation, actually a very fitting royal invitation. God sent important magi messengers to him from afar. What more could a king want? Invitation number three, perhaps, but that also included the religious elite who he consulted for information. Now, tragically, Herod made the wrong choice, a murderous choice. The religious elite also, they had the knowledge of the scriptures and the prophecies as to where the Messiah was to be born. But they made no use of it. They didn't visit like the Magi. The Magi were the truly wise ones in how they responded to the invitations. So what does Epiphany mean? A moment of sudden and great revelation or realization. In our case, it's about Christ. And I wonder, have you ever had an epiphany? Have you ever had an epiphany? Like your invitation to see Jesus and realize who he really is. And I wonder, if you did, was it supernatural? Maybe like the angels to the shepherds, a supernatural occurrence, a kind of spiritual knowing maybe. Or maybe was it in the wonder of the natural creation, like the star? Sometimes creation lifts our hearts, doesn't it? God works through that. Was it by a direct messenger? as with Herod, someone that it seemed was sent to you, maybe. Another way, perhaps, of asking that same question might be, what does God do to touch your heart most? Or, what is his love language to you? And I wonder, if you haven't had an epiphany, if you'd like one. And if you'd like one, would you be willing to go on a spiritual, even a physical journey, like the Magi, to seek it? Would you be bold and ask for one? Even today, maybe. Jesus promised in Luke chapter 11, I tell you, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Ask, and you shall receive. When I'm out walking on the Bunyan Trail on pilgrimage, I can't navigate using stars. I walk in the day, and I use a GPS app on my phone to find the way. But sometimes, even with that, it's hard to work out the direction I should be going in. The phone's compass kind of spins around and it's not always steady, or the battery goes after a long walk. Now, one Christmas, my son, Peter, gave me a compass. Now, the compass has a magnetic needle, which the Earth's magnetism points to magnetic north, which we find over there. So it's going to help me when I don't know which way to go. I kind of want to ask you, what's your true north? Your destination in life that you're aiming for? 
And I wonder if Jesus is your true north or how much he is your true north. And how do you find your way towards him, towards it, when things that you trusted or relied on aren't helping anymore? Sometimes that happens, the props of our life can fall away. When my phone compass isn't reliable, I now have the magnetic compass. And I wonder what there is like the compass that can point us in the right direction in life if what we've been using isn't working for us anymore. Now, the ancient Greek legend of the Minotaur tells the story of Theseus, how he found his way out of the caves of the labyrinth where the Minotaur monster lived. I don't know if you've heard that story. Have you heard it? Yeah? Ariadne gave him a ball of string, of cord, a bit like this one. And he could unroll it on his way in, and then he could follow it back out, retracing his steps. Sometimes I'd like to suggest that looking back on key moments when we weren't lost can put us in touch with our feelings then and what we were doing at the time which was working for us. We can then, as it were, follow the thread, retrace our steps and find our way of escape from whatever monsters we might face in the darkness of our caves, if you like. Now, for the Magi, it was the star. I've been thinking even... Seeing a star, a significant star, like they saw, doesn't automatically make you want to follow it, does it? It doesn't pull you in a certain direction. There has to be a tug on our heartstrings, a gut feeling, an intuition. And I think that must have been what the Magi sensed. They must have sensed a loving invitation from God, a call. And I wonder if God has an epiphany he's invited, inviting you, inviting me to, inviting us to. To discover your epiphany invitation. Would you like to do that, maybe? It, it's a natural season, isn't it, the new year, to take some time to look back and see those touching points of consolation of life-giving moments when you felt thankful and follow the thread of those God moments, the direction they're leading you in. And those moments are kind of like gold, aren't they? Gold, riches for a king. And this is a gold, a goldy brown glass bead. Gold, riches for a king. And then frankincense, incense for a priest, Jesus symbolizes worship, our relationship with God, the joy of loving and worshiping God. And I wonder if you've had moments of joy in worship or at home in prayer. And I've got a blue glass bead here, blue for enjoying God. Life-giving moments can also be moments of meaning that we sometimes find in the midst of pain, or sorrow. Myrrh, for embalming a saviour destined to die, symbolises pain, suffering, or dying. Life can hurt. Life in church can hurt. 
Maybe over the years that you've been here, there are things that have really hurt. Maybe there's stuff that hurts now. Maybe there's stuff that we're afraid of, or afraid to let go of, or struggling to forgive. Maybe there's pain, pain in our lives. And here I have a red bead to represent sorrow, the sorrow of man. During the offertory time, I'm going to invite us to take a few moments to choose one of three moments. Either a time that you feel thankful to God for, the gold, a time of suffering, the red, or a time when you enjoyed God, the blue. So to come up and to choose a colored bead from the bowls here uh, to represent what you want to give and bring to Jesus and offer it to him by placing it at the foot of the crib where the Christ child figure lies. Amen. Thanks for listening to Pod. I hope you enjoyed it. If you like it, please subscribe and share with a friend. Have a good week and see you next time. God bless. Thank you.